The following Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast is based on real events from the history of American crime. Some of this imagery might be upsetting. Listener discretion is advised. Incident. It, incident power. Incident. It, incident power. Incident. It, incident power. 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 Incident. It, incident power. Incident. It, incident power. Incident. It, incident power. themes is that like there are just awkward introductions to the show so we are now recording <laughs> okay. um and so this is strength tech this is another cast this is not percy and zephira and solar this is uh two new characters maybe more people coming in as we record we'll see it's D. anything can happen um so i want to take a quick second here to introduce our players um i don't think Either of the gentlemen who are joining me tonight have their characters set up yet, so this is the zero sessions we we worked that out. So, Dan, how about you say hello to the people? Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Dan Lytle. Do I need to do more of a background stuff? Uh, if you want to, if you have anything you want to plug, any social media stuff, if you want to talk about your work, um, that's that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm good. <laughs> okay, this is Dan. He's a mystery. <laughs> I'm a I'm, I'm a professor at Ball State University. So. <laughs> cool, um, Carlos. What do you got? Uh, yes, I am Carlos Rivera. Cue my music, Mark. <laughs> Did you talk to Mark to have a theme song set up, or is this something we're going to work out? That was a six second pause. Uh, yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just here to play some D and D. That's pretty much it. Okay. I, just, I do a lot of stuff. You know, um, I'm here for social causes, for social justice, reform, <laughs> activist. Nice. You know, chief of staff. <laughs> yeah. When my five year old runs for president, Carlos is her. She doesn't know this yet. She hasn't done like a formal interview process or anything. Um, we're just trying to graduate pre K tomorrow. So make it yeah, well, she doesn't make solid goal. Make it through that. Yeah, she was under the impression that she starts kindergarten on Monday, and we had to say, no, no, no. You have like a two and a half month long weekend, and just her eyes went huge. Like, yep, fun times. Lots of My Little Pony in my future. Um, so <laughs> we are still in the world of backfire. Um, I'm not sure when this is gonna come out in relation to the other episodes that have been recorded i think we're probably going to stagger them together or mark being the genius producer that he is can probably maybe mash some stuff together we'll see we're all figuring this out as we go um but backfire for those of you who are just coming into the show now backfire is a dark place um i wanted to come up with a world that had as much so basically i i sat down one night and i made a list of all of the the tropes from different crime and detective shows and books and movies and stuff like that. Um, cause I wanted to make a place where all of this stuff happens, um, a lot, but it's not like, you know, a hellscape or anything like that. So I, I basically made 2019 the game. 
(laughs) There is, uh, it's a government that has this rampant corruption centered on uh, a guy who is, has basically positioned himself as an emperor on everything but name. Um, The city itself is called Backfire and it's based on um, like Ravnica or Eberron or Coruscant from Star Wars. So the entire world is this city. There might be stuff outside of the borders, but everything is confined to Backfire. They haven't really done any, any kind of exploration. It's it's a sort of... Uh, I'm going for like a classic Hollywood vibe with the city. So um, like a depressing kind of Art Deco feel to it, I guess. Like uh, I think in the, in the campaign notes on D&D Beyond, I said... Like Art Deco, but with a Kurt Cobain kind of vibe to it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, I was going for depressing, like classy depressing, though. Functional depression, maybe, is the, <laughs> the right term. Backfire has, uh, like I was telling Dan earlier, it's a city that is really kind of overrun with bureaucracy. Um, there are well-established institutions for every facet of life. Schools of magic um are very strict um by class magic that is like crossover is is outlawed it's it's really frowned upon um we're still trying to work out like what that looks like in in game terms but i I like the the term like outcast for them just as like the the play on words with cast uh it's never sunny the sun shines and backfire maybe once every month or month and a half the city is lit because it's D D and I saw somebody online say, like, in Dungeons & Dragons, you can have as many moons as you want to, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, I, I think oh, we I said... Thought, I thought you meant it was lit like it was a party. <laughs> Backfire is lit. <laughs> Sun. <laughs> yeah. It is, though, but there is, like, a thriving... Because it's so dark and depressing, um, there's a, a vibrant, like, entertainment district. Everything from from, I guess, more elite, sort of upper-class... Uh, symphony orchestras and Broadway and, and Broadway equivalent, I guess, um, down to what we would can think of as like lower class types of stuff or, or ways for upper class people to pretend like they're poor. So like fights, gambling, um, like seedier clubs. The city has been built on top of itself several times. And so the entire undercity still exists um, several layers down. People who live there are treated as like second class citizens. So they they only have, I think, two representatives in all of government. Um, their voting is really restricted. Not that their voting matters because it's so corrupt, but they're really they're really frowned upon and not not treated very well down there. So that's um, a, kind of the gist of the world building so far. Going for a a noir kind of feel. Lots of D&D stories, I think, are centered on the heroes overcoming everything in the end, and I wanted to come up with a game or a setting that focused more on the heroes just survive, <laughs> right? And and kind of have resiliency be the goal here, um, rather than we're going to take over the world and everything. Now, the, the world is like totally primed for revolution um, and, and things like that, so if that's where the campaign goes and everybody decides to literally break the thing that I've spent so much time working on. And then I, I join what, like the pantheon of dungeon masters who have had that happen to them in the history of D&D. Railroad ahead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh no. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
I had my head in my hands a few times last night, and <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what kind of of characters are you guys thinking about running? I was kind of looking. I, I mean, for me, I, I try and build a character that sort of fits with the group. Okay. So I see there's about eight people here that are listed as active characters. Well, seven plus my uh, non-made character. Yeah. Are these all folks that were at session zero and are actively playing? Um, no. So this is kind of a mishmash of people. So let me let me look at this real quick. One of them. <laughs> So, Fishy McFish. Let's talk about Fishy. Uh, <laughs> Fishy, I thought about inviting him tonight, but I, I kind of want to build up Fishy <laughs> a little bit. He was a, a player that I met through a Discord called the Scraticus Academy. Um, Scrat is a, a full-time uh, Twitch streamer. Um, and his thing is like inviting people who are new to tabletop gaming to to play with him and his cast of people online and, and people donate to um him through his twitch or yeah through his twitch he does that as a full-time a full-time job and so i met michael through that and i wanted to do a play test of this world um before we did the podcast and so i just recruited random people from these different discords that i'm in and when i saw the name fishy i thought oh man what have i gotten into like this is not going to be good, <laughs> and and I'm I'm going to lose a couple hours of my time for like something absurd, and it was absurd, um, but it, it worked, it worked perfectly, <laughs> and and so uh, and I had thought about running a different version of of that campaign that I put them through that night for uh, tonight, but I think it's like I I like fishy so much that it's canon. I think <laughs> so. He's just this this dude who is like likes fish a lot. <laughs> um, so fishy's around. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the campaign that I put them through is the it was like a ripoff of the beginning of the first Highlander movie. <laughs> and so okay. they're at this fight, and the the fight was rigged, and fishy was he was selling concessions in the crowd. And I think he wanted to say he's got fish on a stick, but he misspoke and said he's selling sticks on fish. And so it just went downhill from there. Um, so Fishy will come in eventually. So Nim is Carlos. Percy is playing. Solar is playing. Um, Zephira is playing. So those were the three from last night. Wes is supposed to be here tonight. I'm not sure where she is. And then Tosca also played in that in that first game and i really liked her character and she was a, a really good fit i think for me as a dm style so she might come back um okay. one of the things that we that i was kind of thinking about doing um to make this as accessible to people as i can um is to once we have a a group of people who consistently can record you know every two weeks on whatever night we pick then we can filter in people as they're available and again, like, I think the comic book metaphor works for that. So a couple of episodes where Wolverine's not around, and then all of a sudden, here's Wolverine with fish on his <laughs> claws. <laughs> and he's back for a, a few episodes, and then disappears for a while. Okay. Just because it's, I think it's easier for everybody. Like, I'm not, 
I, I thought about trying to stream this and, and use it to raise money. And I, I don't have the time for that. I don't have the time and I, I don't want to ask people to commit to that. So, um, D and D beyond, I think can allow up to 12 people in the campaign at once, 12 or 16 in the campaign at one time. Um, so don't worry. This is a long way to, the, to say, don't worry about trying to find, um, the one, Fill a niche. Yeah, um, play whatever you're comfortable playing, and and we can make it work. If I have to create NPCs to throw in, um, I'm totally happy to do that. And may, and like whatever weird stuff you want to do too, because there's some weird stuff happening already. Um, Even like the the magic prohibition, mm-hmm. I was leaning towards like a arcane trickster rogue. Okay. Um, just because I think that would be fun. Yep. Um, and they're like wizard light. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of what I was thinking. Do it. Um, okay, it's done. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, arcane tricksters. <laughs> big, big fan. Yeah. So when I made the world, like I, uh, and this is already something that's with both games. Like I guess with all three games, people are drawn to this idea of the of the magic user who's not allowed to be doing it. Which is which is great. Like, I've been reading so much stuff to prep for this revolutions class I'm teaching in the fall that that like pushes all the buttons <laughs> for me. Like, I kind of want the train to get derailed. Like, burn down the the Bonaventures, make them pay for their corruption. <laughs> Give us enough time. <laughs> yeah, which is cathartic in a way too, right? Like, making 2019 the game. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's a fun coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I stole so the the head Bonaventure, um, his title is Prince President, and that's a I don't want to say homage, but that is um just he's a ripoff of Napoleon the <laughs> Third. So when when Louis Napoleon was elected president of France, like he really wanted to take France back to the days of his his uncle, and so he like basically called his shot. Like I'm going to declare myself emperor and I'm doing that by saying like, I'm going to change my title to Prince president to make it fancy, like class it up a little bit. And everybody's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> like we don't suspect anything is going to happen <laughs> from this. And then he was like, so now I am emperor Napoleon the <laughs> third and we're going to start marching across Europe again. And then people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what? We just thought you liked fancy titles. <laughs> um, so it's such a like ostentatious, like almost Trumpian thing that it had to be in this world. That's so corrupt. Why not? Are there any restrictions in terms, or or how are different races perceived? Are are certain ones just by by verdict outcasts? Yeah. So there are second class citizens. The second class citizens are like the outcasts in the world would be anybody who is, is using magic who's outside of a school or outside of law enforcement. Um, and then I wanted to to work in like the classic Hollywood movie monsters. So there are vampires, uh, werewolves. Although the werewolf thing, I have to figure out how that's, how oh, it's possible. Hello. There he is. He's back. What the? What the? All right. Where are we? Um, so just uh, like talking about the races in the, in the world, everything is, is allowed. It's it's Ravnica in that sense. Like there's no specific race that 
uh, is Outcast. It's more, I think it's stratified more by geography in the city. And then those monsters, like I was saying, vampires, werewolves, uh, zombies, um, and I guess in D&D terms, they would be flesh golems, but like any kind of construct like that, they are, there's a story there, I think, about them trying to, to get equal treatment <laughs> on human rights, I think. I, I was thinking about it this morning, and uh, I think the campaign for like Lycanthrope specifically says, like the poster says at the top, uh, we're people, and then there's some kind of picture there. And the bottom it says we're people, <laughs> and, and it's so such a dumb dad joke that I am like really. I wish we were streaming this because I'm so proud of myself over that horrible pun. Um, <laughs> so, but like one, of, I I got so into this world that I started writing short stories about it, and and one of them was about or is about a zombie lawyer um, trying to advocate for for undead rights. Um, so <laughs> that that's a thing that exists here. But other than that, if I, like there's, there's no, there's nobody that's really outcast by race. Okay. Good stuff. Now you wanted to break that, right? Before I cut off. Yeah. Earlier. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So Nim is an Aladrin monk. Okay. He's mostly a huckster though. Okay. Uh, so pretty, oh, yeah. So basically, he uh, he uses religion. Okay. And he just changes from like god to god, deity to deity, just to survive. Okay. But he's really an alcoholic. <laughs> so can, that's gonna be fun. Can relate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there are there are gods. Like all all of the gods are here. There's an aspect of all of them in backfire. And people are very open. So he would fit right in. Like, people... Like, do you remember of... the uh, the mummy? The, the original one? Well, not the original, but the Brendan Fraser one? The first one? Yeah, the first one. Kinda. And, uh, uh, so, there's a, he's battling this one guy. And they have... Uh, the guy was a tour guide. Uh-huh. And the mummy's about to kill him. So he starts pulling out all these <laughs> religious medallions. <laughs> until he picks the right one and the mummy, like, follows. <laughs> okay. That's Nim. <laughs> that's Nim. Okay, that that's perfect. Nim fits in, even th- even though he's he's scamming people. Maybe he fits right in. People people in we'll backfire. Not that scam though. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But people here, like they'll they'll kind of they have like an a la carte or like a buffet approach to religion. Like they're totally fine with picking and choosing different aspects of different faiths and and making it their own thing. How that affects the gods themselves, who knows? Like an interesting theological question to explore. Because that's what people come to D&D for. That's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, when I had that idea, too. Like, this has been sustaining me over the boredom of summer break. <laughs> I'm like, who am I going to piss off? <laughs> Don't worry, that's my job. <laughs> you, can still, you, you, can, you can still walk in line. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, just w- just wait until the the parties merge together. <laughs> oh, I'm saving I'm saving my reason for why he became a monk until that. That's that's fine. The, the crossover musical that's episode. Joke. That's a joke that will build itself up. 
no doubt. Um, so the the other campaign started off in the ritzier part of the city. Um, there was a murder. They're off investigating a murder, and uh, it was a big enough person that both of your characters would have heard that it happened. Whether or not they knew, or like whether or not they know of this guy, is up to you. There was uh, his name was Alexander Desmond Tate. He was a a major theater um, director, producer type. Um, and he was found dead in his home. And so, like I said, whether or not um, your characters have, have heard of him is up to you. Um, like I said, Backfire does have this almost as a, as a way for people to kind of, I guess, cope with how dark and depressing their lives are. Uh, a very vibrant entertainment district. And so I think Tate dying would be like the equivalent of something happening to Steven Spielberg, right? Like people wouldn't, people recognize the name, even if you can't think of anything he did off the top of your head. So in this session, I want to explore some of the, um, the lower class parts of, of backfire, um, the more impoverished or underneath areas a little bit. So I'm not sure if we were recording when I was explaining this part or not, but backfire is a city that's been built on top of itself several times. I think of it kind of like Paris in that way, where the under city is still accessible if you just know where to look for the catacombs. Here, because there is this concentration of wealth, the, I guess, the the more impoverished neighborhoods in the city proper and the first level of the city beneath kind of blend together as people kind of travel back and forth or above and below ground for whatever they might need. Um, and it's more people coming from above ground to to go under to do business or do dirt or whatever they're trying to do, um, and then go back. People aren't people who live underground aren't really allowed so much to go up. Um, so instead of like unguarded catacombs or I guess like what would look like entrances to subway stations, um, there there are um, really uh, heavily guarded checkpoints um, for people to go through. So both of your characters are are currently in the underneath. It's up to you if you want to say that they're residents of the underneath or if they're just there on on business or if they're there for some kind of entertainment or some kind of pleasure or or whatever. So Dan, do you have a name for your character yet? Uh yes, his name is Alos, A E L O S. Okay. So what do you think would Alos be somebody who is as a rogue, would he be somebody who lives there, do you think? Or is he... So, so the way I envision him is he is he's the type of person that tries to sound much more knowledgeable about things than he is. Always like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. da 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 Dealer-dealer sort of con man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I'm guessing he, like, he grew up down there and is trying to make his way out of, of this under belly okay <laughs> so uh, all right that's cool like uh, when you it's just funny that like as an academic like we deal with people all the time who act like they know stuff who don't <laughs> and and they're not our students <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> so cathartic for us in other ways um so, Carlos, what about Nim? Do you think Nim is somebody who's local down there too, or or resident down there too, or is this? I feel like Nim would probably hang out down there, hiding. 
from most of the people he's conned. <laughs> okay, so he might have like a safe house set up. Yeah, we probably, could say probably best. Probably he goes up, you know, up top to to do his uh, his due diligence. Yeah, and then heads back down. Yeah, his due. Di- <laughs> <laughs> so he would he would have had to bribe, or, or maybe he has like a pass or something, so he can get past the guards. Like maybe he's making enough money on these cons that he can just bribe his way through every time or, or maybe um, one of the guards is just really he probably caught one of the guards yeah that's what i was i was thinking like one of them is a uh, is really strict um i gotta find the the book that has the the different gods in it so i will dig for that real quick but somebody who is very um orthodox <laughs> oh, <yeah. Absolutely. laughs> and and here we go, gods of your world. Who would be the the best one? What, like, what would be the funniest? Lolth. Well, no, because he'd be a guard. So, like, a guard who is chaotic, evil, trickster guard. That wouldn't work. Like, what would be the most honest one, I guess? Oh, no, so perfect. So, one of the guards is a, is a dragonborn who is a disciple of Bahamut. <laughs> yeah. Who uh, is, like, really, really strict. Um, and is only letting Nim come back and forth because... He he puts his faith over his work, I think, and he he sees the the sort of missionary work that he thinks that Nim is doing as like part of the greater good. Yeah, I can see Nim like walking around with a fucking oh, there we go, oh. <laughs> dragon medallion like hanging around his neck every time he sees the guard. Like yeah, he's with his brother, and it it should be like really gaudy too. Um, oh, <laughs> like, like, like the, the dragon's teeth are just like shining with like little jewels but yeah but it's like there's it, not real jewels right it's like no, bejeweled yeah. and it's he he tells people that it's made out of gold but it's like lead with just gold not even like gold uh plate or anything it's just like, like a chocolate wrapper yeah yeah <laughs> this tinfoil thing that looks like yeah, a, <laughs> a kid made paper, it paper clips you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, but this this really righteous um, devotee of Bahamut is like he is sold, yep. is sold on it again. Like twenty nineteen, the game. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I need to think about in this, which I somehow didn't think about until now, is that like very clearly there would be gangs under under the city, and there would be gangs like running the the poor districts, and that, the the poor districts need a name, but the gangs need a name. Like the, like the five gangs. Yeah, it, yeah. And the gangs have to have like a, a gangs of New York kind of like dead rabbits name or something like that, right? Like it has to be really evocative and and but also kind of silly. Sharks and, and jets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, when I went to Panama last year and I was meeting with their their um, gang outreach people and they like this whole presentation about gangs through the country and like which gangs are where. I was just sitting there, like, marveling at how cool the gang names were. <laughs> like, this is so much more creative than anything we have in the States. Like, the Galacticos? Come on. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's so much better. Um, not that Ooh. anybody at Strength Check is condoning <laughs> gang activity. Um, just appreciative of the creativity. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Again, we can get some. I can, we can definitely figure out. Yeah, something. we'll figure something out. 
So, but I, I mentioned that because Nim is probably like under their protection, I guess. Like there must be some sort of deal, um, deal there. Hi again, everybody. This is Dr. Andy Wilzag. I wanted to say thanks again for taking time to listen to the show. We really appreciate it. The reason why I wanted to make Strength Check into an actual play D&D podcast, um, when there are so many other actual play shows out there that are probably um, way better than anything that I could do, is I want to draw your attention to a project that I'm a part of here in northeastern Pennsylvania. We're calling it Play for Progress, and the idea is to use D&D and eventually, hopefully, probably other tabletop games to help middle school and high school kids who are struggling with mental health problems or addiction issues or who feel alienated or isolated in some in some way. Um, this part of Pennsylvania has been hit really, really hard by the opioid crisis. Um, this part of Pennsylvania has a very high alcoholism rate. And this part of Pennsylvania is diversifying very quickly and there are those who have capitalized on that to try to create more conflict between people so we have a lot of kids here who are alone and who are suffering um, and suffering mightily so what we're doing and the point of this message now is to just let you know that we are raising money to make play for progress a sustainable force for good in the northeastern Pennsylvania area. Um, if you have even $5 to spare for us, you can go to gofundme.com slash playforprogress with hyphens between the words, so play hyphen for hyphen progress. Um, and anything that you can give us will go a long way towards making us sustainable. Thank you.